It is another edition of Making Money with Ron Hebert, the financial coach, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Big, big subject coming up here over the next three episodes on making money, Ron. And that is, and we've talked a lot about this, inflation, deflation, stagflation. What's going to happen before we get into each of those components? Let's talk a little bit about, these are terms that came up from economists, I would think. Yeah, and they're terms that certainly, if you watch the news at night, everybody has them on their lips because, let's face it, when over the last 12 months, we had deflation last year, which is generally where prices fall because the economy came to a skidding halt. We've had disinflation where we've had a slowing increase in the rate of inflation. We have also had inflation where you get a general increase in prices in, of goods and services and a fall in the purchasing power of money. Um, and it looks like maybe next year we could go into stagflation, which is the price of goods and services rising, but the economy going down or going sideways. So there's a lot of economic scenarios that are playing out right now, and we're not sure which direction it's going to go. But as an investor, you really need to understand inflation, deflation, stagflation. Because if you do and you have a comprehension of how to play each one of those, if they should come up, you'll be able to navigate your portfolio through what could be some very, very challenging times ahead. And you're going to have the tools available to be able to do it. So this show is really dedicated to helping you the investor, the listener, get a better understanding of the markets and have the tools available that when things come up, you can look at those tools, you can listen to those tools because we're up online, and you can know how to adjust your portfolio accordingly. You know, when you talk about inflation, Ron, I was at the grocery store here last week and standing at the meat counter and a lady beside me looked at me and said, boy, this stuff's getting expensive. And I, I looked back at her and I said, just about everything in the store is getting more expensive. And that seems to be the perception. Groceries just keep going up and people's earnings are going the other way. That's a tough spot for us to be in. Very tough spot. And you look at since about 1980, our buying power has been decreasing. And if you go back, for example, to 1975, in 1975, <clears throat> if you scroll forward to the present, you'll see that the amount of dollars in circulation has grown by 1,600%. And in just 2020 alone, U.S. money supply grew by 20%, and I think it probably grew by the same amount in Canada. So, you know, you're seeing governments print money like there's no tomorrow, and of course, that has its effect on every time you fill up your car, every time you go to the store. And there's a site called shadowstats.com, and they basically say that if we measured inflation the way we used to, our inflation numbers in North America would be north of 5% because just simply they're not measuring them with the same uh, formula and with the same data that they've done in the past. So if you feel inflation is a lot higher than 2%, join the crowd. 
Well, Ron, for those of us that have been around for a couple of days, we remember the 80s as an example, right? When inflation got to ridiculous levels. I mean, people were were having to face the prospects of 18, 19, 20% mortgages, which these days, if you tell that to a young person who's into their first home and they've got a mortgage somewhere around 1.7 to 2%, they look at you like you got a third head or something, right? They, well, that can't be. <laughs> yeah. And because we haven't seen really ferocious levels of inflation for a while, um, people sort of forget about it. But even in today's terms, what you need to get is a rate of return that's higher than the rate of inflation and the rate of taxes. And for most investors in a top ta- in the top tax bracket, that would equate to returns higher than 4% a year in a taxable account. So you really need to be making pretty good returns, leaving your money sitting in a savings account, frankly, is going to see it erode by 3 to 4% a year. And it might not look much in the first year, but by the time the 10th year rolls around, your buying power is going to be down 40%. Okay, let's talk about inflationary trends. And you've listed a few there. And certainly you have to be aware of, you know, earlier in the decade when we had very strong Asian growth, companies and economies like China, Taiwan, and even Japan, South Korea, Singapore, India, because of the huge amount of demand they were having, especially for raw materials, you saw raw material prices rise. So when you've got strong demand, that pushes prices higher. When central banks are printing enormous amounts of money and they're being egged on by politicians and voters who have very little appreciation or understanding of economics, that will lead to inflation. So that's a sign. Governments, when they begin borrowing money at unsustainable rates, that also leads to inflation as there's more money chasing fewer goods. When voter pressure to deal with social issues like financial inequality, pollution, health care, and education causes spending to rise beyond a country's resources to pay for it, that leads to inflation. When governments mandate increased wages, especially minimum wage, that is also inflationary. And so many of the red lights um, that you'd normally look at that would indicate we're going to see future levels of inflation, many of those lights are, are certainly flashing. You're getting a sunburn from them right now if you're paying oh, attention. So. Yeah, yeah. So how do you invest in times like this then? That's the key. What do you do to try to temper the effects of inflation? Well, certainly you don't want to have cash in times of inflation because as we talked about in the previous example, your buying power keeps getting decreased. Also, if you see high levels of inflation, take on debt. What you have to pay back decreases over time because inflation erodes the worth of debt. So it seems counterintuitive. But if you have a, a, a house loan, for example, and your wages are going up by the rate of inflation every year, which let's say is 5%, well, in five years, your wages could be up 25%. It might not give you any more buying power, but your loan doesn't increase. It's fixed. So you pay that loan off with depreciated money, and it means the value of the loan goes down. Also, during inflation, prices rise, so own a home rather than rent. That That's kind of easy to say, but as I just alluded to, I mean, right now, money is kind of cheap. This is, and a lot, of, you know, I've got friends that sell real estate. They, they're they on fire right now. 
they can't keep up. People are buying left, right, and center because mortgage rates are so low. I guess it's a great opportunity for people to get into homes, right? Right, especially if uh, you're not getting in over your head, so you end up having to give it up. But if you have a sustainable source of income and you have debt that is at sustainable levels, yeah, I think it's a pretty good time to to buy a home. And of course, that also extends to other assets, hard assets during times of inflation generally do well. And what we mean by hard assets is if you drop them on your foot, they would uh, your toenail would turn black and then fall <laughs> off. So these are assets that have a finite supply. Examples are gold and other physical commodities. Gold supply, for example, has gone up by 100% in the last 45 years as they found more of it. Whereas the number of dollars in circulation has increased by 1,600%. So stocks that own physical assets uh, also are, will outperform in times of higher inflation. Owning real return bonds where the interest rate is indexed to inflation makes sense. Cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin could be interesting, but you know, you've got to be careful with that because nobody really understands what the value of this thing is. And until that happens, I think you want to invest in cryptocurrency with either a very small amount of money or you know you want to stay away from it until it figures you it, the, the investment public has got it figured out yeah invest there with caution what about interest rates increasing well typically with inflation you've got rising rates and like you said gord most people shake their head in disbelief when you talk about mortgage rates at 14 15 16 17% and borrowing rates over 20%. So stay away from long maturity bonds, their value falls, buy floating rate bonds, in other words, bonds where uh, the rate is indexed to a short-term rate, and it'll go up if rates go up, or roll short-term maturities until interest rates peak. Finally, if you own real estate investment trusts, uh, rents rise as fast or faster than inflation usually, so that's not a bad place to put some money, especially in economies where uh, they produce hard assets like Alberta, for example. Generally, in economies like that, if we see inflation and, and hard assets like oil, like gold, start to take off, usually um, the rents will take off even faster. And if they're going up, that's a good time to own a REIT. So as, you, as this sort of ties back to what we talked about, it's a good time to own a home as opposed to renting because uh, rent rates can rise pretty quickly and pretty dramatically on people. Yeah, exactly. The only thing you want to be careful about is that if you have inflation, interest rates can go up too. So if you buy a home, make sure that you're, you've got enough of a margin of safety there so that if rates do start going up, you have the income that will continue to be able to service the debt. So if you're buying right now, lock in that five-year rate when it's down at 1.7 or 1.8%, and you got a little time to sit and collect yourself in case things get away on us. So this, as we say, is a big topic to chew on, Ron. That's covering inflation. When we come back with next week's episode, we'll tackle deflation. And I think, you know, people think of a basketball or a football having the air let out of it. Economies are really no different, are they? Economies are absolutely no different and we've seen economies in the past and we'll talk about some of them um, where we've seen deflation and the consequences of deflation and most importantly if we have deflation 
and why could we have a deflation? We'll give you the reasons. What do you do with your portfolio so that you can profit from that? So there's a number of different scenarios that could play out, and we want to give you the tool so no matter which scenario we see over the next five years, you've got the financial tools available that you'll be able to adapt your portfolio to deal with it. All right, sir. We will be back next week to continue this series on inflation, deflation, and stagflation. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll talk with you then. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.